0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio.
1: All right, guys. uh, Yesterday, early morning, I got up and I said to the Lord, I'm going to do it. I am going to go skiing this winter in Wisconsin.
2: Oh, okay. I
1: have not been on a set of planks in a long time, and I'm going to going for it told my bride she said you need to told her that some months ago but i sat there yesterday morning early in the morning going i'm going skiing this winter okay i miss it i miss it and the good thing about skiing in wisconsin there are not a lot of double black diamonds so there's not a lot of steep slopes but there's a lot of big long blues i understand not long blues in order to have a long blue slope that's ranked by difficulty green is like bunny hill on steroids okay Blue is like good, wide open. You can get some good speed on blues. Okay. Black diamond, black black diamond, double black diamond. That's a knee smasher, man. Huh. I mean, so it's most, steep. The
2: most skilled.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can skilled. get down double black diamond, but it hurts because <laughs> I'm I, I don't have I don't have you, you, double black diamond skiing is for guys in their thirties forties. If you're really hitting them, okay. but blues are dynamite. So I'm gonna go skiing this winter. But I, I got to tell you, I think I got to take you fishing. I got to get you and Henry and the kids out. We got to go ice fishing. Anyone with me in this in the boom crew? We got to get Allie ice fishing. <laughs> and it, the truth is, I don't want you to be afraid at all because it is super safe.
2: OK, the a lakes, couple of people have rightly pointed out that, Carl, I don't like cold, which is that that is very accurate. So.
1: Yes, but here's the cool thing. OK, there are fish uh, ice fishing huts. That they put over the hole. And oh. I'm going to find someone at 180 Chicago.
2: My guess is they can't be heated.
1: Oh, no, you can't. Really? You can heat oh, yeah. They're heated heat like crazy. When it
2: melts the ice. melt the ice. No,
1: no, no, guys. No, it doesn't. I mean, that's okay. a... <laughs> no, but it, it, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, there okay. might be a little bit of little glimmer on the top. But when you've got six, seven, eight, ten... By the way, in Alaska... I've I've dug ice fishing holes that were three feet
3: thick. Oh, really? And I mean, it's once it gets to a certain amount of inches thick, it's like uncrackable, unmeltable. You're not a a heated shack isn't going to cut you through it.
2: Will we get that kind of freeze around here?
1: No, not here. I'm not going ice fishing in Chicago. You got okay, well go to where, like where go to like Minnesota or Wisconsin. Where was awesome? going ice taking her? Upper Peninsula, maybe. I don't know where. <laughs> tell me, somebody tell me where the ice fishing's good around here. Minnesota. I
4: Minnesota. mean, what
1: uh, lake nearby has good ice cover that we can take Allie no, and I don't know family what lake. ice fishing? Because honestly, this is one of those events that your kids would talk about for forever.
2: Uh, they probably would. They, they, they would. Definitely, they've definitely not done that before.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, uh, I'm
2: up for it. If the Boom Crew thinks that I should do it, then oh,
1: you're toast because you got some ice fishermen out there right now, right. and ice fisher women. They're going to be. Like, should
2: I go for it? If 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 we can make this happen, should I go ice fishing? Text your answer three one two two seven four nine six two four.
1: You know where I love to have hot chocolate. Ice fishing. Yeah, really. It's just it's better than coffee for ice fishing. I don't know why, oh, but yeah. hot cocoa when you're ice fishing. Blows coffee out of the water
2: F- Fishing sounds pretty awesome Actually <laughs> <laughs> As long as I don't have to touch any of the Bait or the
1: oh, We'll keep that out of your hands
2: the slimy There's, stuff. You can
3: get bait that's not worms Like you can get stuff that's like just fish bait That isn't isn't an animal Like a
2: cube of cheese
3: Well maybe not a cube of cheese That's but... what
2: they do on the TV shows <laughs>
3: <laughs> You mean Tom and Jerry what? I know <laughs> You mean on Tom and Jerry like,
2: Yes is that-
3: it might be a little oh. bit. Oh. Okay. oh wow!
1: Somebody said. Oh, Lake- why did you have
5: to call wow. out that it was Tom and Jerry? Oh.
1: Uh, Lake Geneva, can you just go out there off of a public dock onto Lake Geneva? Whoever sent me that and go out and, huh. I'm, if it's a warm enough day, you don't even need a hut. In fact, okay. you build a fire right there beside the hole. It's beautiful, but it's it, and and by the way, the UVs coming off that. Snow and ice. Oh, you have to do That's
4: some protection. That's a good point. Some, sometimes, some sometimes
1: in spring fishing, you got to put some sunscreen on because oh. you can flat get some sun.
4: Doesn't it affect your eyes too, though, I thought? Yeah, protection? I mean,
1: yeah, you want to wear sunglasses because okay. okay. you can go what's called snow blind. I've done yeah. this several times, running dog mushing. You risk blindness? Snow blindness, yeah. You can go snow blind. It's not permanent, but it will it will blind you.
4: Huh.
1: Yeah, I've had that.
4: We're losing her. Well, <laughs> No,
1: but I mean, it, we're not going to get you snowblind. No, I no, promise no. you okay. that. We're going to have some great, uh, you know, some shades on you. You're going to be fine.
2: All right. Well, uh, the boom crew is uh, pr- not totally unanimous. I have a couple of no's. Oh, I think people trying to protect me from the cold. A bit. So kind of you. 3808. <laughs> <laughs> no, resist all cold. I will be bundled up. I'll probably have to make a trip to REI. Is that what?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: The outdoor store. That's right. Maybe some Land's End. All the all the outdoor store stuff. What's oh, the one? one. It's field and Stream?
5: <laughs> now you're going <laughs> deep into it, sister.
4: Bass
2: Pro Shop. Yeah.
4: Bass Pro Shop. You see
1: her and Henry walking around Bass Pro Shop. You know what? She's going to need a supervisor.
4: It's hilarious.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna need somebody to help me a pick chaperone. out
1: some oh. stuff. I
3: gotta go. Field I, and stream. I just have to
2: go to watch. There we go.
1: In all seriousness, <laughs> I've got to find someone that has a nice fishing shack set up on a lake in the winter. That's what we gotta do. <laughs>
2: all right, let's do it.
1: Because I don't have time to get together all stuff, and I don't, I don't have any gear. I left it all in Alaska,
2: but Ooh.
1: we'll find it. We will find it. Coming up here minute and a half, I'm going to take you to Alaska, and we've got some theme music, and I didn't know this was the theme music, but it's the theme music. you got to go to Johnson Hill because I want to explain this little invitation. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Huge impact with Jesus' words. Coming up.
0: No energy? No problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: Big bands, Bon Jovi. The hair? They got I, the, the voices, man. I mean, it's just, they're just wailing. That's it? It's just screaming music. they just screaming to the microphone. <laughs> Paige, huge, huge cheddar. There's some talent there, though. You've got to be careful. I oh, want yeah. to denigrate Bon Jovi for uh, crying no. out loud.
3: None of us are as good at doing it as he is. Oh,
1: my goodness. All right, theme song from Deadliest Catch. Now, historical cultural context is everything, and I got so fired up. I shared this Sunday at our launch at 180 Chicago in Oak Grove. By the way, if you weren't there and you ever want to get there, we'd love to. If you don't have a home church, it'd be great, but it, we, we just had a great Sunday. You know when you launch a new campus, you're like, ah wonder what's going to go and we prayed and prayed and God just showed up in power. It was such a sweet time. Yeah. So I shared the story there, but I want to give it to you to this morning because these invitations of God are huge. Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Now he told this to Simon and Andrew. Here's an important distinction. These guys are commercial fishermen. Let me tell you something about commercial fishing. You put the net in the water every day. Oftentimes it comes back empty. More often than not. Yeah. That's the point. So let me take you to Johnson Hill. Johnson Hill on the horizon. If you're sitting out in Bristol Bay on a gill netter like I was for eight seasons, you'd look over there and you'd see what looks like a big old dead body.
2: The, the shape of the, the shape of the, the mountain. Okay.
1: And it's got a head and a torso and legs, and it's almost like got feet, and it's called Johnson Hill. Hmm. Some old timer homesteaded that land, put a set net site there, and it's going to be Johnson Hill until the Lord returns. Now from Johnson Hill, if you come out through the ocean, right from the beach, straight out from the ocean, there's a imaginary line there. It's, it's a digital line. It's a Loran C coordinate. And Loran C is just a navigational tool that we used to use back in the day that puts kind of vertical lines, horizontal lines, and by intersecting those lines, you know where you're at on that Loran Sea coordinate. So there's this line that you can't go beyond. And the reason you can't go beyond it is fishing game doesn't want anyone fishing over a certain line because they want to monitor catches and they want to have a certain amount. They call it escapement fish that make it from the ocean up the rivers that they can spawn, thereby replenishing the supply of fish. But at peak, Johnson Hill is a madhouse. (laughs) It is insane hundreds of boats go to Johnson Hill line mm-hmm. at the peak we were there at the end of the flood stage now the flood is the tide that's coming in and so when the water is flooding in and when i'm talking tides i'm talking 25 foot tides so when it's coming in it's like a river of water moving across the whole bay and on this imaginary line that's there this line that's only can be seen digitally We had our coordinates and we're watching this and the tide's still flooding in, but we wanted to set out that net right at the end of the flood so that we could catch that and no one corks us. Now corking you is when another boat comes along right in front of you and you've drifted past that line just enough where they can lay out 300 yards of gear with their corks all across the top of the water. And it's, there's a certain amount of corking that is not cool when they're like 10 feet from you. Yeah. Because that can get your nets tangled when fish swim through one set of gear into your gear, and now it's all together. It's a mess. So we're, we, we lay it out. We, we finally figure out exactly what the tides are. And Marvin's yelling from the flying bridge, and I've got the buoy, a big orange buoy, and he says, throw it out. Woo! I throw it out. Outfly fly the corks and the lead line. So corks are for 300 yards across the water, three shackles of gear, three football fields of gear. We're laying it out, corks are on top of the water, then there's 12 foot of net, and at the bottom is lead line. That keeps that down low in the water. So it's this whole wall of gill net, diamond net, that when the fish swim in, their gills get caught when they try to back up, therefore it's called a gill net. We lay out that gear, Allie. It was, there was a party going on. <laughs> it All you saw was heads and tails and a, one solid line of splash, continuous splashing for 300 yards of Gilnet.
2: Three football fields. Three
1: football fields. Wow. We're wanting to hold off two guys that are in Italian, two guy, Italian fishermen from San Francisco that were amazing fishermen. And they're chomping at the bit to corcus. And the minute they cork you, it shuts off all the fish to you. They
2: get the fish. They get the fish. You.
1: A few squirt through, but they get the bulk of them. I'm living this right now. So I'm yelling at Marvin. <laughs> He's in the flying bridge. And I said, hit it. We're, how are our coordinates? I said, we're good. We're right on the line. Hit it. He's got a 30, we got a 3208 turbo diesel in this fishing vessel. Powerful engine he's got the coals to it. We're stretching that net out. We're towing it across the ocean. We're keeping it right on the line. And in the excitement of everything going down, we hadn't noticed within minutes, the tide goes slack and now it starts to begin to ebb, go back out. And now we're getting near the line. You don't want to get near the line because here's the vigilant, a beautiful white looks like a gunship from world war II, all white, fishing game and they'll send out avon crafts after you rubberized crafts and they'll come up they'll board you and they'll find you 50 or hundred thousand dollars. wow big cheddar vigilant did us a solid they yell from their flying bridge over a pa system gene m that's the name of our vessel the gene m gene m pull it up you're right on the line Marvin comes off the flying bridge, climbs down the ladder, jumps into the stern with the stern controls right there. He says, we're round hauling it. Okay. Round hauling means you bring the whole thing hand over fist, all 300 yards of gear with all the fish in the net. Normally, you want to pick it slowly, let pick the fish out, throw them up into brailers that are up big nets that are held uh, about midship where you can throw them into these containers. Mm -hmm. No time. Hydraulics amped up. We don't want to get a find. We got to get these fish in. Hand over, fist pulling in the cork line. I am just busting it, but we're seeing these fish pour over. The net is so full. It's like a solid tube of three feet by three feet of red salmon pouring over the stern wheel. First shackle of gear, about 5,000 pounds of salmon. I'm standing need a waist deep in the first shackle of gear second shackle of gear hand over fist pulling it in and marvin's yelling pull pull we're just pulling and this takes 10 minutes wow and that's if you're pulling fast hand over fist hand over fist pulling them in pulling them in another five thousand pounds of salmon one more shackle to go we're on the line vigilance right there Hand over fist, hand over fist, we're pulling them in. Last shackle had a little bend in it, so it didn't let the fish out, and so they really collected right at the end. This huge, for about hundred feet, the last hundred feet was just this huge wad of red salmon coming over the stern roller. We get it all in. We've got fifteen to seventeen thousand pounds of red salmon wow. s- sitting there in the stern of this. Wow! The so you're just
2: standing? In oh, just
1: oh, we're t- well, I'm waist fish. deep in fish. Marvin's standing there in the in the in the stern at the controls, and we are selling. We're going nuts. <laughs> we're screaming. It's like I'm the biggest going. Catch I'm, you
2: ever, <gasps> Biggest catch you ever remember?
1: Was one of the larger ones yeah. ever
2: in eight seasons of fishing.
1: Marvin gets so excited, he's yelling. He's yelling so loud, he spits his dentures out. <laughs> Onto the salmon. There's a joy. His uppers and There's his lowers. Plop.
2: On the fish. On the fish. Wow,
1: that's a picture. Oh. I said, Marvin, you're dentures. He says, hey, now he can't talk. Did he get him back? We're going to pull out of here. We'll clear the net. I said, I can't understand you. He said, we're going to go clear the net over there. Oh, So we go clear the net off in a little quiet area of the ocean out there. Here's the point. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Simon and Andrew knew what this meant. The best halls that you can ever have commercial fishing cannot touch the hall of humanity that is redeemed by the power of God and saved by his grace. This invitation that we have from Jesus is
0: epic. It's epic.
1: When you are invited to follow Christ And let him make you become, important word here. Yeah. You aren't born a great commercial fisherman of souls.
2: No. Just like you're not born a great commercial fisherman. No,
1: you got to learn. You learn how to mend gear. You learn where to set. You learn how to tow. You learn Lorenz sea coordinates. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we begin to emulate the Savior. And as we begin to learn from the ultimate skipper, the ultimate captain of our soul we join into the greatest party on the planet being fishers of men
2: and then we share in the joy when the big catch comes in yes when we see souls come to christ yes god
1: invites you into a life of radical influence Some Christ followers make a splash. Some make a difference. You can make a difference. God invites us into that.
0: He invites us into that. What an epic Uh, invitation, Alia.
2: Man.
1: Nothing much better, is there?
2: Just picturing those fish. that Like souls. They're souls. Yeah.
1: Of course, they
0: set down their nets. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, guys, here's the deal.
1: You really cannot understand what it meant to these men when Jesus said, Follow me, Simon and Andrew, and I will make you become fishers of men. I am absolutely certain that the invitation was to an extravagant influence like they had never seen on their best fishing days. Wow. See how real that is? Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? And that's what God invites us into. I need you to know something, guys. When you look at the word of God, you got to get some historical cultural context. Jesus was talking to commercial fishermen who knew what it was to have a big haul and knew the excitement of having a big haul. And now he's saying, I'm going to make you become fishers of men. And that would have in those men. That's why they dropped their nets and followed them.
2: Because
1: wow. they're like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is going to be better than Johnson Hill. And that's what God wants to do. And I'm inviting you, Boom Crew, into the, one of the greatest adventures going, and it's Jesus' invitation. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. You can't say it. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers. Of no, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. It's going to be so exciting. Some of your teammates may spit their dentures out on the hall. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I'm so glad you told that story because I'm thinking about what it would be like to cast a net out and have it come back empty time and time again. And then the excitement of of the big catch or the big haul. And I don't think I've ever looked at it like that, that the kind of the emotions that are attached to something like that, where you don't necessarily bring it in every time. It's not automatic. No,
1: that's the point. That's an important piece, isn't it?
2: It really is.
1: So, when Jesus invited the disciples and you to become fishers of men, I don't ever want you to forget 15,000 pounds of salmon in the stern of the Gene M with dentures laying on them.
4: (laughs) Did he put them back in?
1: (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. This is too good to miss. And God invites you. He says, come on. I want to have you have a life of influence. Come on. Come on. What a great God we have, huh? Oh, man. Man, he invites us into something extraordinary, guys. Take him up on it.
0: Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Yeah, somebody highlighted Matthew four nineteen,
1: but, and they say the word become isn't there, but the word make is. I'll get the original language on that. Here's the point. When you are called by Jesus Christ to become to, I can't help but using the word. Now, yeah. Into. How do you say that without the word become? Uh, when the promise is to become fishers of men, you can't forget the word become or even making. Because I think a lot of us think we go from zero to 60 in like 1.2 seconds. Sure. And we just don't. This yeah. this Greek word become that is found in Mark 1 verse 17 is very important. It's used, uh, let me see what the count is on this word. I'll get the the word count here in a moment. 37 times this exact word is used, and it's used over and over again, not only in Mark, but in Matthew, and in Luke, and in John, and in Acts, and in Romans, Philippians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 2nd John, Book of Revelation. And it always involves a space of time always. Yeah. So this notion that we're going to go from whoa, I'm following Jesus and I'm an instant fisher of men. There is a process of discipleship that will make the harvest more bountiful if you want to know the truth.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, isn't it isn't it said that Paul before he went on his missionary journeys probably had a good few years, Three years. of training. Yeah. before he ever went out and did the discipling portion. And to be fair, Paul was used powerfully before he went on that three-year hiatus. That year is true, hiatus. because, the, I mean, as soon as he got his sight back, he went out and started witnessing. That is true. But then he also had a good time of training. Big time of training. Yeah, and he, he both can be true. You can train and be powerful for the gospel at the same time.
1: Yeah, but it's that it's that discipleship period of that becoming Yeah, that supercharges that. You know, it's
2: interesting, because the church that I go to, Chicago Tabernacle, they're Catchphrase or, or mission is a place of becoming. That is what it, what they call it. That's oh, I a love that Chicago phenomenal Tabernacle, word. A place of becoming.
1: Yeah, it's a phenomenal word. So that's just a quick note there. I wanted to make sure we got that in there. By the way, if you ever miss our showcast, some of you might not be able to hear the Johnson Hill story again. I I just think we've got to look at these historical stories and understand. What was a fisherman's experience?
2: Well, I think sometimes it's it is challenging because you don't. These were the context was people who this was their daily occupation. Yeah, and so I've never been fishing even once. I know I probably should go out there sometime, but I've let I, alone
1: commercial fish. Right,
2: and and I so I've never even had a little line go You've in. You've never had a line in the water. No, ne- no, I've never gone. All right, fishing. we're
1: fixing that. We are fixing that. It's
4: a challenge.
2: And so you know? there's, you know, and there's so many parables with s- like the sowing of seeds, so agriculture. And so I think there is, it is a challenge to get your mind to kind of contextualize that when that hasn't been your experience the way it would have been for the, the original audience.
1: Yes. Yes. Context is everything.
2: It really is.
1: Historical cultural context matters. And the beautiful thing with commercial fishing, because I've got a friend right now, This is so funny. I've got a buddy, Phil Fogle. This guy's a highliner commercial fisherman. He's got two boats on the deadliest catch. He doesn't captain them. He's done so well. In fact, he made his mark in commercial fishing before deadliest catch even became popular. In fact, they asked him to be in that series. Oh, okay. And he's like, nah, I ain't doing that. He's just one of those kind of... He's true Alaskan. He's like, I ain't doing that. Wow. Okay. But he's got... Limited entry permits for crab fishing, for salmon fishing, for herring fishing. And now he's a squid fisherman in Santa Barbara. He says, I like this warmer water fishing in Santa Barbara, <laughs> California. Imagine. But I called him last week. He's on the satellite phone. I go, or he had called me and he says, give me a call back. I call him back. He goes, man, I was just, I, he, I couldn't pick up. I was down in the engine room. I just got up here. He called me back. I said, "How's it going in the fishing grounds?" He goes, "Oh, it just stinks." I said, "Really?" He says, "Yeah, it just stinks." He says, "We're chipping away at like ten or twelve thousand dollars a day in squid." Now you might say that sounds like a lot, but when you've right. got a big vessel and you got four crew hands, ten or twelve grand, it ain't. You got a lot of people to
3: pay and a boat to up, upkeep.
1: But here's the other funny thing: it's all relative. It's hard
3: to scratch fish for
1: ten and twelve grand a day. Mm. When you've had squid loads of $200,000 a day.
3: Yeah, that's fair. (sighs) Wow.
1: Because he's had that. It's pretty cool. Regularly. I love that. I asked him, I said, what's going on? He says, we don't know. We don't know where the squid have gone this season. They're just not popping up right now. She said, they'll be back. But he says, I think I'm going to go home and park the boat for a little while. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It, but see, that's the life yeah. you almost have to know that Yeah. You know, because you talk about a guy that can lose his mind. Phil Fogle is one of the most competitive guys you've ever met in your life. And when he's highlining and racking the numbers in any fishing industry, he's losing his ever loving mind. Wow. In a, in a positive yeah. way. It's just fun. Okay. We got a question for you here and it's a fun one. it has to do with invitations.
2: What is the most um, bizarre. unique, bizarre Bizarre thing that you've ever been invited to 312-274-9624 most unique we'll use the word bizarre Bizarre. you've ever been invited to 312-274-9624
1: phone calls on this one because we got to hear it
2: love it yeah we got to hear the 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 story (laughs) behind it yeah oh yeah so give us a call 312-274-9624
1: come on this is your show guys most bizarro thing you've ever been invited to.
0: 312-274-9624. Start your day with a boom. You're listening to Curling Crew Mornings. Boom,
1: crew, what's going on? I know you've been invited to some wacky doodle stuff out there.
2: Tell us, what's the most unique, bizarre invitation that you've ever received?
1: you got to prep the pump. Have you okay. got one?
2: Yes, so this was... This was probably about 10 years ago. There was a, a Polish family <laughs> oh, no. that I that I knew, and they invited us to a baby dedication. Okay. And so we went to this really beautiful Orthodox church, but the entire service was in, in Polish. And so we started to see, it's like, okay, so I see a baby who's d- kind of dressed up in the traditional clothing. But then the mom, who we were friends with, had like a full wedding dress on. And so, and then she starts walking down an aisle. I thought, huh, this is really unusual for a baby dedication. So the baby's involved. And then there seemed to be somebody who looked like some sort of a priest. And then, the a man appeared and I and we're sitting a whole row of us, my whole family, my sister's whole family. The whole thing was in Polish, and so we're watching this and the whole this whole ceremony transpires. We only find out afterwards that they had just decided that they were going to throw a wedding in the mix. Oh, you oh! <laughs> you didn't know? So it was we a wedding. It was what? a wedding. So we did, but we didn't know that going in because they spur of the moment had said let's dedicate the baby, but you know what? We want to go ahead and get married because I I didn't know they weren't married. <laughs> so we watched the whole baby oh, dedication and the marriage and ceremony, a whole wedding ceremony with not a clue. Or even I thought this is really, wow, this is a very formal bait. Be- I guess they just do a ceremony of
1: if- and, and the wife and the mom gets dressed up in a wedding We're dress. We're trying
2: to guess I, what I, this you had me. Mean. I
1: thought, oh. I thought that's what they did
2: F- only found out at the reception. Oh, we watched a wedding as well. We thought it was a baby dedication. It was a, a wow. combo special. Two for one. <laughs> <laughs> Helpful to know that going in. I was Woo. like, I, I probably would have brought a different uh. set of presents if I knew this was also, uh. also going to be a marriage ceremony. So beautiful ceremony. But I just only knew after the fact what I had seen.
1: What's well, the craziest thing you've ever been invited to? And it wasn't crazy. It was only crazy to Allie because she didn't know what in the cat yeah, hair it was, was yeah, going on. beautiful
2: <laughs> once I found out what it was.
1: 312-274-9624. Some of you, Boom Crew, have been invited to some bizarre stuff. I love bizarre stories. You do too.
0: 312-274-9624. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're curling crew mornings. Allie went to a baby dedication and a wedding happened. <laughs>
1: Just like that.
2: But I, I didn't speak Polish, so I had no had context no for clue. what was happening. I just got to sit back and watch and guess.
1: So when he kissed the bride, <laughs> did you think that was a normal thing at a baby dedication? <laughs> it was like, I'm wondering when it started to click with you. Well,
2: it, it seemed very much like some wedding proceedings, but it was a baby sh- baby dedication invitation. So I was like, oh, oh boy. Is this is a unique process.
1: Sherry in Chicago, you get invited to something a little bizarre.
4: Yes, we did.
1: Go, sister.
4: Um, So my husband likes to go to Starbucks in the morning to get a drink of coffee. And he is outgoing and likes to make conversations with the people that work there. And after a period of time, he came home one night and he said, we're invited to a Starbucks dinner. I go, what are you talking about? (laughs) And, And he said... Well, they call me Customer Rob, and um, one of the managers is moving to a new store, and they want to have a going-away dinner, and we're invited to come. Oh, my (laughs) word. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so we ended up going to Carabas and meeting all of these baristas for dinner, and the manager, um, a group of unsaved people that we were were both in Christian ministry, we don't interact with a whole group of strangers and people that don't know Jesus. And so it was such an eye-opening experience, but such a blessing to be able to engage in conversation. And by the end of the night, they're asking us questions like, what do you do for a date night? What is that? And where do you go to church? <laughs> and cool. so it was just a unique invitation. And we oh. just recently then got invited to a wedding for one of the verses.
3: <laughs> <laughs> make, make sure it's a wedding. Customer... Well, Customer
2: Rob. Sherry, you want to know the funny thing is, do you know who also likes to go to Starbucks and get an early morning coffee drink and also makes a lot of conversations with the baristas? Carl. Carl, (laughs) I bet an invitation is coming
6: your
1: ways. I was was thinking.
2: Carl, you do the same thing.
1: Oh, I love chatting it up with the folks.
2: (laughs) What do they call you, customer Carl?
1: Uh, They call me Carl, but I do. I'll yell in there.
2: Hey, how's everybody doing?
1: And they're <laughs> yeah. like, we're waking up. Oh, no, that's neat. See, your husband's, he, he's a good dude, man. You don't get invited to that unless you're a good dude. That's what's great. That's awesome. Sherry. Thanks,
2: yeah. Sherry. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Thanks for calling in. Customer Rob.
2: You want so to come to our uh, employee dinner party?
1: Well, its a, they're saying goodbye to a manager and they yeah. bring in customer Rob.
2: That's fantastic. That's a trip. I really like that.
1: I bet he got free coffee that night.
2: Probably. Yeah
1: pretty cool. What about you? You got a story? You
2: have an unusual invitation that you received. Unusual? We'll say bizarre, strange, unexpected. 312-274-9624. Give us your call and your story. What was that unusual invitation you received? 312-274-9624.
1: This is Mike and Tyler, guys. It's called I See Grace. It's all around us. His power to do in us what we can't do in ourselves today. Just ask customer Rob. He'll tell you about <laughs> right? it.
0: The craziest carpool in Chicagoland. We're Carlin Crew Mornings.
2: Carl and Crew Mornings here. We're asking you about those uh, unusual, maybe a little bizarre invitations that you have received. If you've got one. Give us a call, 312-274-9624.
1: Yeah, sometimes there's invites where you're like, oh my goodness. I wasn't invited, but my Brad and I went to one of these uh one of these uh timeshare. uh, That's <laughs>
2: all you had to say.
1: <laughs> one of these timeshare invites. Said. Yeah. And and the the deal was if if you, they thought you were, the rumor on the street was, if they thought you were a hot client, you got a lot of cool free stuff. Mm. And we're young college students. They're so like, let's we're like, go for the free let's stuff. Let's go for it. So myself and my bride and another couple, we went and we actually got all fixed up, trying to look like we had some cheddar <laughs> when we didn't have two nickels to rub together. <laughs> Allie, they sniffed us out quicker than Did you they? can imagine. You're They're like, looking uh... at us like, you guys don't have the capacity to do this, yeah. do
2: you? That's, well...
1: That was raw.
2: Be grateful that.
1: Oh, it was an awkward moment. That was the walk of shame getting out of there because we're all fixed up like we got something, like we got some cheddar in our pocket. We got nothing. Yeah, we're just here for the free stuff. Sorry, well, if you got
2: out of there without buying into a timeshare. Then consider no, we won. Extremely fortunate.
1: Josh in Chicago, what'd you get invited to, man?
6: Ah, uh, so a buddy of mine back in high school. We're all hanging out and. Didn't know much about what was really going on with his academics. Um, Finals week was rolling around. It was his birthday week. His mom had reached out to a couple of us, said, hey, you want to come over and have like a a morning surprise breakfast? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. She's like, yeah, you know, I'll get breakfast ready. You guys can uh, surprise him with, you know, some nice gifts. So we just get some gifts for him real quick. We show up. It's like 6 in the morning. she has got breakfast cooking and she's got piles of homework sitting on the table that he hasn't completed and she goes hey i know you guys are you know on top of your academics you think you can knock out his at the end of the year.
1: what you are, and, are kidding uh, that me would,
6: that would just really that would really bless him and help him get through this finals week and sure enough he's sleeping we're like yo why hasn't he done any of this? She's like, well, he's been up late playing video games. The new Call of Duty came out for his birthday, so we let him play that. What? And the four of us just, we went in and just pummeled him awake, and you know, in a loving brotherly yeah. way. We told him we weren't doing his homework. He needs to grow up. And it actually was a really good turning around point for him, and he, he actually started to finally mature at that point. But <laughs> little did we know, we were showing up to do his homework and get a little breakfast sandwich with us. <laughs>
3: It was, a, it was a good growth moment for his mom too. Whoa. It sounds like. What, what I was wow. going to say is,
1: the person who needed this most might have not gotten it. It might have been lost on him. Oh, yeah. Misses right. no right. emotional intelligence. His <laughs> no. mom. You, oh, it's horrible, yeah.
3: man. Well, that... She loved
6: him. She loved him so much that she was to do anything to, to keep him from getting hurt. And it it opened my eyes too, just to see how to be a parent leading. Yeah. In my life there now. You know. and, it's cool how God took such a ridiculous story and allowed me to <laughs> learn through it. And you must have. Get a free, I, I got you, the free breakfast out of it. Yeah, but you must have homework. cracked
1: up when you saw the pile of homework. Oh, and my gosh. You must have, that must have been. you got to be kidding me. I got up at 6 a.m. Exactly. And he's do in his the his rack. Yeah. And he's sleeping?
2: Yeah. Oh and boy. he's
6: still sleeping, yeah. So. Oh,
2: my That reality. is. That, the
6: gift.
1: Yeah. that
2: You know what? That, uh, that is oh. one of the most bizarre Invitations I think I've ever heard of.
1: That's bizarre. Come have breakfast. And by the way. What is this mom thinking? Well, that's, you know what that is? I'm going to be real candid here. That's love run amok. And that's, that's a dangerous, toxic kind of love. That actually is, that's actually, after you get done laughing about it, you go, okay, hold on here a second. In fact, Josh did right. He's learned from that. It's like, (laughs) this is what you don't do for your kids. Oh, Oh my goodness.
2: But it's a high school or here's
1: four uh, algebraic
3: uh, equations. You want (laughs) to knock these out? No,
1: (laughs) thanks. Get this
3: goober out of bed. I did mine already. I'm not doing more. Unbelievable. What a bizarro thing. I I
2: mean, we asked for bizarre invitations and that definitely is uh, one of the most. You got one. We got a couple (laughs) more minutes for you. Have you received an invitation that was surprising, bizarre, a little strange? 312-274-9624.
0: New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew mornings.
2: Have you
1: gotten signed up yet for that snapshot testimony? Now's your time. Text word SNAP to 312-274-9624. New season of a ton of testimonies and great ones. A lot of detail put into this. And. And it's cool to hear kind of this fuller explanation in these little short shots that you get from Allie and they're great. Some of them are artists. Some of them are boom crew members. This
2: week is a boom crew or named Nick.
1: This week is Nick.
2: Yep. He's a Chicago guy. Really cool so story.
1: Text word snap to 312-274-9624. snap to three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four. And we'll, uh, We'll get you hooked up there. Okay, uh, back to the phone lines. What do we got?
2: Unusual event you were invited to. Unusual invitations. That's what we're talking about. 312-274-9624. Let's go to Ron from Chicago. Tell us about this unusual event you were invited to.
7: Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. So I'm in Jerusalem a few years ago and met two rabbis during a walk near the West wall in the old city. So I get invited to dinner on Shabbat. Oh, wow. About an hour before the meal, the power goes out at the rabbi's house. I'm sitting on the back patio and I have no idea the power goes out. The Uh rabbi comes out and he says, I need a, I need a favor. (laughs) I said, sure. What can I do for you? He said, "I I need you to flip the breaker. Because he can't said, do it. Because he can't do it. Exactly. I said, isn't it also against the rules to ask somebody else to work for you? <laughs> he said, I got 20 people here, Ron. You're the <laughs> only Christian in the room. <laughs> you you want to get, eat, don't you? You want to eat, don't you? Pro- Ron, did you I do it? It'll be worth- I promise it'll be worth the effort.
3: I promise it'll be
1: worth the effort. Oh, Ron, I love that. That's good stuff. Did you eat well, Ron?
7: Yeah, I did throw the breaker. I did go down there. I threw the breaker, you know, because I wasn't violating a rule. I thought it was funny. He was willing to violate a (laughs) rule, but I did it anyway. That was dirty, and the meal was fantastic. Was some of the best food I had. There
1: when, you're you go. At, when you're at Shabbat meal and the power goes out, the guy asks you to hit the breaker. Do it.
2: You're. He says, you're the
5: only Christian.
1: <laughs> hit it. Hit it for crying out loud. Patty and Sugar Grove. What's your story?
5: Well, my story is well I was uh had a group of friends back when I worked at a college up in Minnesota. Um, and uh this group of friends and I had a tradition of having unusual dinners in unusual places and so so we would always like so it would be sometimes students and staff so who whoever whoever the the men were that we invited they had to go blindfolded, and so we arranged this fun dinner, and we had prearranged to go to Como Park Zoo. In Minneapolis. (laughs) And we talked to the zookeeper and we said, Hey, we've got this great idea. We would like to blindfold some friends of ours and have a dinner for them in in an unusual place. And so we were wondering if there's some space in the zoo. And he says, Well, I have a lion's cage open in the zoo. He said, sure. He sure. <laughs> said, would you like us to clean it for you? <laughs> I said, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> and oh. so uh, that's what we did. <laughs> so we had, uh, I'm an MK from Africa, and I had another friend who's also an MK from Africa. So we had an African dinner. <laughs> African In a lion's cage. <laughs> I'm glad you weren't In an African cage. dinner. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Patty,
1: that's a good and one. The-
5: the poor guys were just—they uh, didn't know what to do because they were blindfolded, and we were leading them through the zoo, and they could hear all these animals. <laughs> animal Where are we? They didn't know what was going on. Oh, my. I'm
1: glad they <laughs> trusted they you in some
5: inside level. The, uh, inside the, uh, the lions cage, and then they could uh, take their blindfolds off, and we're inside this cage. <laughs> Oh, like,
1: wow. That's outstanding. Where are we? That's outstanding. <laughs> Patty, I love it, sister. That's creative. I'll tell you what. I don't think you could do that anymore. I'm sitting here listening to the story. Oh, no, going. there's that's, no way
3: they'll let you do that. Absolutely that. not. There's no way. There's so much of a liability on the zoo for allowing that. I mean, that, so. you can't
1: even go in there. Do you want us to clean up the
0: poop?
3: Yeah, that'd be <laughs> great.
1: I
0: would prefer it. We're going to have dinner wow. in there. Oh, my goodness. Find us on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Superdye avoided
1: jury duty. The long haul.
4: I'm so bummed.
1: You wanted to be on it?
4: I did. I am geek. I was so looking forward (laughs) to yesterday. And they kind of overbooked or did something or whatever. And they didn't finish the selection process. And so they needed us to come back today, which I couldn't do. So, yeah.
1: They will. Well, pro- they know. probably put me on a list to never call back, because <laughs> <laughs> I led, a, don't worry about. This they guy. lined up. They lined us up. Thirty of us down there in Cook <laughs> County, A's, B's, line up. My group, deselected for that round, and I let out a war cry Based that on echoed.
2: Nothing other than just
1: a f- coin flip.
2: Okay. Oh, okay.
1: They Had Man. enough people there, and they coin flipped. Have you ever like actually been on a jury before? Uh, yeah, I was on one. Oh no, yeah. I was actually called into the booth. Oh. Where you go into the courtroom and they're doing the final cuts. Yeah. Okay. And I told them where I stood with Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah.
3: And they said, No, thank uh. you. It
1: was in Alaska and the uh defense attorney said, Yeah, we won't be needing Mr. Clausen today.
4: <laughs> have a nice have a nice okay. day.
3: <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Oh, shucks. Oh my goodness. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to yep. serve on a jury. Oh, my word. you guys! Like, Allie, you, you want to serve on, on a jury? I would, I would, would like to.
2: Oh, I would. for crying yeah. out loud. It's not
4: just me. Yeah, I, I, think I mean, be. I'll
3: do it. I'll do my well, duty. Well, yeah, duty. But I got called for one, but I couldn't because I already had like a planned trip out of state at that time. And so they said, OK, we'll call you back in 90 days. And then they never called me back. And I was bummed. I was like, guys, I wanted to come. If <laughs> you're listening right now, disregard
1: all of these pleas what? to help you. <laughs>
4: What? Why? We need you in here. Oh. Well, oh, yeah. That well, is true. that's why I'm here today. Yeah. Well, it's oh okay. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, no, I, I can't come in tomorrow. I'm sorry.
3: There um, are people who can cover for me. You guys can handle it. That I'll go serve case, on a jury.
4: If, if they call you, it's your civic duty,
2: and yeah. you, you
3: don't know. worry. I'm not going to say, don't, "Hey, I can't come." Carl said Carl I needed said. to be <laughs> no, no, today. Don't evoke my name, whatever you do, man. They'll have me down it's there Carl before the K.
1: judge, going, "Yeah, oh, great." <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh send all your responses to youngthunder.com, please.
3: <laughs> what? <laughs> it's getting Young weirder. Thunder youngthunder.com. <laughs> youngthunder.com. See if youngthunder.com has been taken. It is, and I don't own it. Just so you know, if you go there, whatever's oh. on there, it's not oh, mine. I it's not... Young Thunder probably is not good. <laughs> I think it's like a music thing. I checked it out once. I think it's a music thing. Don't <laughs> check. I'm not telling you to check it out. No. It's not mine. So whatever's yeah. there. It's yeah. I'm not endorsing it's, it. Excellent. It's not mine.
4: There you go. <laughs> leave it there.
3: We're talking about invitations well,
1: this week and Allie's got one for us. Take it away, Allie. Well, I'm
2: curious. You know, you get those a lot of times it comes in the form of Evite, paperless mm-hmm. post, some sort of invitation. Are you someone who goes ahead and registers your response right away? Do you click maybe so you can stay in that indecision zone? Are you someone who needs that two-day-before reminder going, hey, you haven't responded yet? I'm going to guess Die is our immediate RSVP-er.
4: Not always. Really? really? Yeah, because I'm mean, going to have to look at the calendar, uh, you know, making sure, the dates, whatever, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you do you delay? Which category would you put yourself in? Do you uh, put it off? I do, but I don't need a reminder okay. either, though.
3: Okay, yeah. interesting. I'm in the middle. So for me— I need the reminder because even if I know that I'm going to be a yes, I'm like, well, I got like a month to reply to this.
4: <laughs> You're
3: the kind of wow. people that drive party planners crazy. <laughs> yes, crazy. But then don't give me a month. Say as soon as you get this, no. it's your deadline and I go, okay. They
2: give you a month. Yeah.
3: So, so, that so I can you take can it.
2: secure the date, Carl.
3: <laughs> I don't even want to answer. Reminder. <laughs> what are you, are you the same as me? I never click RSVP. <laughs>
4: You Never? just show up.
3: No. You
4: have to call him. On I'm so bad around. on that
1: one. Thank just, the Lord for my wife. I was going to say, does Janine uh, handle that? Uh, oh, yeah. She handles it for
2: deflection. me. Deflection. <laughs> I will try to do, for weddings and mm-hmm. things, I try to send those back, respond quickly. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm also kind of... I, I get stuck with indecision. I'm like, I don't want to say yes, because what if ah. something comes up? And then I, I don't want to have to go back and then change it. I don't want to say no, because then the, so then I just go, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm not going to respond. <laughs> and then I go back to it and I get stuck in indecision. I really do. I kind of have that yeah. paralysis by analysis. And so I get stuck.
1: <laughs> cool. RSVPs, man. I'll click them ah. here because I got to get the email off my screen.
2: Do you, though? Because oftentimes. What do you mean, do you, though? How many times before a meeting have you said, can someone send me the link?
3: I deleted because it. Because
2: I deleted it.
3: Yeah. Or, well, or, or when or, Matt, our manager, says, hey, if you could all refer back to your email, sure. I left a little document in here. He said, can you resend that to me? I deleted I it. I did
1: that on a conference call yesterday. Yes.
3: You, know <laughs> you did. Can
2: you resend it? Okay, Boom Crew, quick poll. Do you RSVP right away? Are you a procrastinator? Do you need that reminder? Tell us. Text messages on this one. 312-274-9624. When you're on the planning side, it is pretty frustrating when people don't RSVP.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had to do Save a Seat when we were launching our campus in Elk Grove because we didn't know what we we didn't know what we didn't know.
2: Did people do a pretty good job with that? Yeah,
1: they did. I mean, I was pretty, you know, we had 30, 40% no-shows, but that turned out to be a blessing.
2: See, that's the other thing is when people RSVP and say they're coming and then don't show up.
1: So in this case, it was good.
2: Well, because you would have.
1: Well, we were chock-a-block in the first service, filled up in second service. We were probably 70%, but it's. So that was a blessing. I was thrilled to see that a bunch of people didn't show up and and they'll probably be there soon, this week or next. So it's funny. RSVPs are funny things, though. They are. I think they're getting way more wonky.
3: What do you mean? Wonky in what way?
1: Well, RSVPs used to be taken very seriously.
3: Oh, I can imagine.
1: When I was young and RSVPs came out. When you say you're coming, you're coming. Yeah. Yeah. But now there's a lot more ghosting going on. I
2: I remember helping a a young woman plan a a baby shower and she had put the invite on Facebook. And so when we went the totals, she went with the, you know, you can, people can RSVP on Facebook. And like 60, 70 people RSVP'd on Facebook that they were going to come to this shower. Let me guess, 20. Probably less than that. Really? And and so we had food for like 60 people. Oh. And then it was kind of heartbreaking to see like 10 to 15 people actually yeah. show because they did the Facebook. Oh, yeah, I'll be there Saturday, November 4th. And no shows.
3: Yeah. Make like, sure you uh, don't do that. Oh my heart.
2: Facebook's not uh. the place to invite people because that's way too easy to make a, a no commitment commitment. Yeah. RSVP. Is that the takeaway?
3: Let your yes be yes and your no oh, be no. Oh, there
2: you go. <laughs> oh, my. It's a lot of truth in
3: that, <laughs> there. Is. I think it is. And it's good. It is. I mean, even for myself, who who has a hard time even getting to the RSVP, I got to go and let, let them know my yes and my no. All right. What's your question there, kiddo?
2: Yeah. Just want to know. Did I call he,
3: her kiddo? You did? Well,
2: I heard it too. Well, you know, it does make me feel young. Well, you are young. <laughs> 4966 says it depends on the event. I like to check my calendar first and then decide.
1: Speaking At- of depends, thank the Lord I'm not near that age yet.
2: Wow. wow. The question okay. that you're we asking has nothing to do with that. Um, Just so I'd throw that in Okay, there. when you get those invitations, whether it's paper or Evite, electronic uh, e- invitation, do you RSVP right away? Or do you procrastinate and put it off? Let us know by text message 312-274-9624. Let Carl. me just bow
1: my head and thank the Carl. Lord for my pride. And that I don't have depends. Although this is a long shot. This is
0: a long road in here in radio with very few breaks.
4: i go back to <laughs> Might duty. be a good option. I'm going oh,
0: your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: Swedish chef. Swedish French. Man, you're Goofyard and Cooter Jones this morning. What you,
3: you started that no, one. No,
1: you started this whole oh, okay. mess. I came in here flatline, ready to roll. Oh course flatline isn't ready to roll
4: Um, my eyes are like what (laughs) um did you just say (laughs) i'm gonna go back to jury duty (laughs) i came in for this
1: wow super die take the bench you find the defendant guilty or not guilty guilty your honor (gasps) i can hear her doing that right there all right. What do we got? Alan? Well,
2: this one three six six is pushing back a little bit. They said, I feel like if you were RSVP in the back of mind, if your mind don't feel like going shows bad character. They said it doesn't have anything to do with COVID. This has to stop. They feel really strongly <laughs> that if you if you respond with kind of going, ah, do I really want to go? What do you think? i don't
1: I don't know. We live in such a ghosting world now. It's become more common to not go even if you sign up,
2: yeah, I do think there's something to be said for really sticking to your word. Obviously, if something legitimate comes up. But I do think the flakiness of sort of bailing because you're like, eh, I don't really feel like it today, probably not a great look. OK. this one. I try to respond right away, probably because I've had numerous showers and weddings. I've needed people's responses. And it's embarrassing to have to call them at the last minute to find out if they're coming. Hmm. Uh, 6417 yeah. says, guys, I always thought RSVP meant respond very promptly. <laughs> I think that's a common. Well, that's a good. Yeah. What I, would the
3: S be for? It's maybe S in respond.
2: Respond. Ah, yeah, yeah. Respond very promptly. I think a lot of party planners would like for people to take it that way. Uh, let's see. This one. I I would rather RP than RSVP, says Trish. I'm with Young Thunder. <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, we've got That's the true. actual uh, spelling in French here.
2: Respondez si vous plait.
1: Re- respondez. You mm-hmm. don't do the Z. No, no. Oh. Well, I do remember
2: that much from. from so you from don't my pronounce
1: the Z in French. No. No. Oh, so do, give it to me one more time.
2: Respondez si vous plait.
3: How do you? What do they do when they get to Z in the alphabet? They just go.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's usually silent. Please go. When it's at the end of a French word. It's, Typically silent.
1: No. They go X, Y. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> they don't do it. The French man.
2: What language did you take, foreign languages did you take in high school? Alaskan. <laughs> it is its own that language. That is a language.
1: <laughs> no, man, I didn't do languages in high school. Really? really? No, I think we had the option between P.E. and languages in Anchorage. <laughs>
2: it wasn't a requirement? <laughs> no, yeah. it was not
1: a requirement. Hmm.
2: That's interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll tell you what was, I'm thrilled that was a requirement, though. Is I, it wasn't a requirement. How did I opt into this? Oh, I'm just so grateful that I took a keyboard class. Oh, man, I'm oh, grateful. like a computer
2: keyboarding? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, my good. Well, it wasn't computer keyboarding back in the day. know oh, what
2: would have been? Typewriter? It was just
1: IBM Selectrics. Oh, okay. Those were great because we had these little balls. The IBM Selectric had this little ball with all the, little, all the letters on it, right? Mm-hmm. Numbers and everything. And we'd pop those balls off, and then we'd put on different languages so people would oh. come in.
3: Oh, and get a oh, we were nice. messing with people all the to, time. I mean, we used to do that with the computer keyboards. you pop the keys off, and you put the letters in different spots on the keyboard. Oh, that's fun. Yeah.
2: Aw. A computer doing? keyboarding class is really valuable.
3: Oh, it's so important.
2: I think they need to bring it back because a lot of kids, because of so much texting and touchscreens, don't actually really know how to type. They know how to text. All right. But Guys, I got to tell you something. Right. So
1: it's so backwards in my home. So my son, he can type mm-hmm. like a maniac. Our daughter can type like a maniac with
2: two fingers. She's a two-finger typer. She
1: She's <laughs> the CEO of a big old tech company, and she can beat
3: out emails. That's good. Just... <laughs> And I'm like, how do you do that?
2: Meme. You know the Kermit the Frog meme where he's like going crazy? Oh,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. That
1: one's And
2: Let me respond. And then you see the little fingers flying and his little froggy head moving around.
1: Oh, I now mean. we got someone that texted in, respond, s'il vous plaît. Responding. With all the uh, little, uh, uh, what do you call them? Um,
3: what, what do you call accents? the little hash? The, the accent yeah, I guess marks? The marks.
2: accent marks.
3: What are they called? The accent marks? <laughs> Oh, they're called different things in different languages, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, Spanish is just an accent.
2: As I have, technically, my last name has a little character underneath the C that doesn't ever get accurately represented because I have a French last name.
4: Oh, C. And so I never get oh, the character. Oh, that's yes, right.
2: So it's not a hard, the C in my last name is not a hard C. It's, so it's got a little cedilla underneath the C, but nobody ever. A did.
1: little sedia. I don't have a little city. But Underneath nobody, my I, but
2: there's a special character that you can, you know, push enough yeah. buttons and get it to. But
1: do you use that ever?
2: I, in my official email, like if you get a personal email from me, it will have the accurate last name. With I guess the, I've never
1: gotten one of those.
2: I, I, I only send you work emails. Sorry. Wow. Maybe if you RSVP'd
4: more, she'd send you one.
1: <laughs> Hang on. Here's this turning 60, I tend to forget. Often I have double booked. <laughs> Always now I have to Aww. check my calendar at home when Aww. written in pen, I not on Aww. the phone. See, I think the biggest problem is we're not using hard copy day planners. I think oh. these this electronic stuff is
3: bogus. It doesn't baby. stick in the mind as much as no. Frank's it doesn't so. stick I in, you were in your head. Say
2: we're using electronic invitations, and then and would you like to see a return to more? Hard copy oh, you invitations, to... like yes. a physical.
1: Oh, I'm old school. You got to go physical.
2: I think then it gets put on the refrigerator. It's in front of you. You see it from time to time. Well,
1: then we're just toast. What? We're, nothing's going to work. <laughs> Coming up, minute and a half, Allie's going to have the final word on this profound issue that we're dealing with uh, here I, today. I
2: don't know if it's profound. but
1: It is profound. Actually, RSVPing is an interesting thing. What'd they do before they had RSVPs?
4: Pony Express? Nobody showed up. Oh, ever. No parties. Well,
1: Hang on, minute and a half.
0: Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. So much for my
1: day planner idea. Although I have my T7R day planner right in front of me. They said, nope, then you lose the day planner.
2: What I you think the act of physically writing something down? I
1: uh, it helps a ton. It helps you know, more
2: than putting it, look, typing you,
1: it in. You know my kids are in their thirties and they're professionals and they used to try to go uh, electronic day planners. They've pitched them. Mm-hmm. They're back to old school, and they live in a tech. They have tech companies. Yeah, everything they do is technological. But they both concluded that you, if you have that physical day planner in front of you, it's much. Much better chance of hitting your marks throughout the day. I, I wonder if that's true for a lot of these kids. Yeah, they say, say there's a lot of them going back. Tactile things. There's brain
3: science. Yeah, I don't on do writing any planner, down notes. I don't do any planner stuff on online. You if don't I, either. If I do something, I write it down. Interesting. And
2: they still give. I mean, it, standard. I think for most high schools is they still give them a day planner, even though a physical one. A physical one, at least for. Like in Chicago, I don't know. Do they get get the same thing, whether it gets used or not? But They (laughs) They get them a physical (laughs) day planner. I think even with all of their reliance on their phone, it's Mm -hmm. still get your assignment and write it down.
1: Right. This is kind of funny. Someone said this. Did you know that CC means carbon copy? Yeah, we knew that. And BCC (laughs) means blind carbon
3: copy. Mm -hmm. Who uses carbon copies these days? That's a good point. That is so true. I don't even know what a carbon copy is. I just know that's what CC stands for. Okay. You
1: are banished from being on air today. Okay, Why? If you do not know what a carbon, you don't know what a carbon
2: copy is. Nope. Take a guess.
3: Take a guess. I mean, it's a, it's a copy of whatever email, like, or whatever pay, like a paper. It, I don't know. It's a copy. <laughs> like a copy. My, like if I put warmer. something in a copier machine and then another page came out, would that be a carbon copy? No. What is it? What's carbon about it? What is Carbon it's part of air good yeah i i don't know i don't i can't i can't do it i can't put the pieces together
1: oh boy all right we're going to take a caller right now you've <laughs> got a great definition for carbon copy and you actually did it back in the day
2: help explain it to young thunder
1: 312-274-9624 first one to call in with a great explanation gets a carlin crew prize pack these things matter, people.
2: School up, Young Thunder.
1: 312-274-9624. <laughs> 312-274-9624. Young Thunder getting schooled up.
2: Yep. That's right. He, he can't help it that he's a youngin'.
0: No. We is what we is. It's like coffee, but for your ears, you're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, we're going to rock and roll here. Kurt in Chicago,
1: you know what a carbon copy is and educate our young friend here, Young Thunder.
8: Yeah, good morning, good morning. Yep. So uh, back in the day, uh, they didn't have uh, Xerox machines or copier machines. They would uh, take a piece of inked paper and um, put it in between two sheets of paper. So, when you put it in the typewriter, when the typewriter struck the letter, it made a copy of the letter on the piece of paper below the inked paper. So, you would have
1: a carbon copy.
3: Oh, so it's like it's a way of doing two pages at one time, typing out two pages at one time.
1: And what's great about this if a contractor came to your home and you signed a contract, there was a piece of paper. And you could use, Kurt, you could use that carbon paper over and over again, couldn't you?
8: Yeah, back in the day, uh, but then they came out with the standard form. uh, So they used to do it for uh, memos, right? Like if you had a secretary or somebody was helping you out, they gave you a a note saying that somebody called, you would have a record of that call, and then you would give the carbon copy to the person who is going to return the call. Yeah. Uh, so it's very, very, very popular in forms, um, poof, probably all the way up until the 80s and the uh, so. advent of, yeah, of uh, being able to have a printer on your desk, make a copy for yourself. Mm. It, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So that goes way back. If you if you look, uh, you can u- do a YouTube video. Of um, like Sears Roebuck order Center, and they they would have they would have hundreds of people sitting at typewriters, typing out the orders, and they did a carbon copy because oh, wow. one went to the customer, and then one stayed with Sears for fulfillment. So they would have a record of it. Yeah, for fulfillment, exactly.
1: Yeah, very, I, very popular. I I mean I remember as a as a paper boy. I used carbon copy paper when I was signing up my folks for the paper route. And I'd Absolutely. slip that bad boy in there. And one thing, what did they always tell you when you were writing on a form on, for carbon copy? What'd they tell you? Now press hard. That's it. Press hard. Huh. Yep. And you had to use a pen. You could not use a pencil. That's right. right.
2: Wow. Yeah. Kurt, you are super knowledgeable on this, and there's a great explanation. <laughs> man, Kurt, you are awesome.
1: Hang hey, on the phone, baby. You're getting a Carla Coop prize uh, bag. Uh, thanks so much.
2: See oh oh what, man, some carbon very paper. Very clear, in there. clear explanation.
1: He's like a young Thunder. He's so clear.
3: Hey, thank you. You get yeah. it now, Young Thunder. I get it now. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: A carbon copy was messy though if you didn't have it if you if you got that on your clothes or something or on
3: your fingers yeah
1: on your fingers oh, and then it would yeah. kind of
2: smudge the page underneath it yeah it, it would cuz i've i haven't i hadn't done it on a typewriter but i even now if you get a like you said a receipt like if you have a repair in your home they'll go ahead and fill out that thing and then give you that carbon copy of the receipt yeah
1: yeah so there's still it's still used a little bit. Still used. I don't know that it's carbon paper as much it, as it is something else now.
4: I mean, it's got to be something that allows it to transfer. It's so transferring that something. Yeah, I think they kind of invented the carbon within the paper. So there's not that sheet of carbon, but it's something on the oh, backside. you're right. You're right. Ah, you're right. Back that makes sense. That you're makes right. Sense. That's that, right. That, mm-hmm.
1: Huh. Oh, oh, for the good old days of carbon paper. I love
2: how many times Kurt said, back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, why were you mad at me for not knowing
3: day. this? This became unpopular 15 years before I was, I was born. Okay. I was mad at Young you. There you feel in there. It.
2: Young Thunder. There huh? were, I don't know when RSVP was invented. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you Ooh, just kind of. That was a
1: dig at you, young dinner. You
2: Just kind of acquire knowledge.
3: I did. I used it. Ooh, I'm I just out of this didn't one. know what was. I'm with Carl. I'm staying well, out. But when he throws in. I'm staying out.
2: 15 years before. It was like, okay, Jonathan, you don't have to have lived through everything to know it.
3: Well, that's fair. Okay. I knew what CC stood for. <laughs> like, unlike RSVP. I just didn't know what it meant. I know you know know this one. What was the first mass-produced car on the globe? Model T. Boom.
2: See, and you certainly weren't alive then.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. All right. Point made. Hey, this
1: is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.